Hello, readers of Every Word, and welcome to Every Word 365. I'm your host, Christina Munoz Madsen. Today, we're reading Colossians 1 through 4, which is all of Colossians. Check it out. We are almost to the last book of the Bible. I know mine's really falling apart here. Can you believe it? I'm so proud of you. For those of you that started in the New Testament, or if you started from the very beginning, you're doing great. Welcome to Colossians. Here's some background info for you. The Apostle Paul was the primary writer of the book of Colossians. Timothy is also given some credit. The book of Colossians was likely written between AD 58 and 62. The purpose of the writing, the first half of the book of Colossians is a theological treatise that includes one of the most profound presentations of Christology anywhere in the New Testament. The second half is a mini ethics course addressing every area of Christian life. Paul progresses from the individual life to the home and family, from work to the way we should treat others. The theme of this book is the Lordship of Jesus Christ and His sufficiency in meeting our needs in every area. It is so applicable to today, which is one of the reasons I love this short but meaty book. So as we typically do, I'm gonna share some of my takeaways from this book, but I'm always curious to know what yours are. You can join our Facebook group and post your comments there. Colossians 1:24. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. Again, continuing the theme of calling suffering a good thing. I know we don't typically think of suffering that way, but it is all over the Bible that we are closest to Christ in our suffering. Colossians 2.8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Well, how's that for blunt? Very clear that we should shape our faith not around what others tell us, but from Christ. And how do we do that? By reading the Bible, which you all are doing. So, way to go. And let me be clear, although I don't think I'm sharing quote-unquote empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense, I'm just sharing my thoughts and hopefully giving you all some accountability. But truthfully, you shouldn't take anything I say as truth either. It's all about you going to the source, the Bible, and learning from Christ. That's what I did when I first read through the Bible. I just didn't want someone else telling me what to believe. I wanted to know it from the source, and it's probably the journalist in me. I hope all that makes sense. I always reach out if you have questions. Colossians 2.13, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. I know if you're a reborn believer, you can probably relate to that verse. Colossians 2.16, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. This verse and others like them always really helped me out. I once did a thorough study on the Sabbath and I really struggled because at the time I was still working on the weekends. But we must remember that freaking out about violating a commandment like that really can be considered legalism. We are still to follow his commandments, but remember Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So if we find our rest in Christ, we are still observing the Sabbath. And this verse reminds us not to look down on others for what they do or don't do regarding the Old Testament law. 
I know that can be confusing, but it really is very personal. Not with regard to morals, those haven't changed, but with regard to um, our purity and cleansing us because Christ took care of that on the cross. Colossians 3, 12 through 15, since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Wow. Imagine if everyone in our world actually did all of that. I really think it'd be a different looking world. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. That is Colossians 3, 18 through 25, covered a lot there. And there's that word submit again. We've already discussed that one and how husbands are supposed to treat their wives. So I'm not going to go too far into that again, but there's also some great advice for children and fathers here as well. Then it talks about how to treat slaves and advice for masters. Colossians 4.1 says, Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Okay, this does not mean that the Bible condones slavery. It is a very complex topic, and a lot of it has to do with translation and how we use certain words. So please click on the link for further info. Again, I have attached a link to the gotquestions.org on um, how the Bible talks about slavery. If you have any questions or concerns, please read through that link. A final thought and great one to end on. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. That of course is Colossians 4, 2. I love these New Testament books and that's why the emails and the podcasts are just a little bit longer. There's so much good information in there, but I always want to know what jumps out to you. could be very different than what jumps out to me. And of course, I'm including the Bible Project Overview video. These are great, informative, just another resource for you to help you along your journey of reading through the entire Bible. I hope that all makes sense. Tomorrow is the first day of the last month and a very short book. First Thessalonians, yes, we'll be reading the whole thing. Happy reading. This episode is brought to you by Travel with Friends. Europe is filled with heritage and culture and has beautiful scenery. Italy is home to some of the world's iconic art, architecture, and cuisine. Ireland has beautiful landscapes. Scotland is rich in heritage. England shares from the origin of the Protestant Methodist faith. From the coast to the capital, Greece is filled with amazing cuisine and abundant history. 
travel with travel with friends and experience the best of Europe. Just give them a call 501-379-9226 or you can email them friends at travelwithfriends.com or you can click the link in the podcast description and let them make your travel dreams come true.